You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about movies, TV, and all things related to the world of screenwriting and the screenwriters. In today's episode, it's all about movies and TV shows being realistic and the critics who complain about the realism or the unrealism, as the case may be, of a given TV show or movie. So let's get right into it. So, I've had my work critiqued several times. And it's the same story. It is the same premise. I've made a lot of changes based on previous notes. And yet, I get criticism from these critics saying something in this film or something in what I've written was unfriggin' realistic. Now, I'm not exactly sure why they keep doing this. All I do know is that they like throwing the word unrealistic a lot. Which is why this is the topic of this episode. Now, I've pointed this out in my previous episode, and I'm going to point this out again. And if any of the critics are listening, pay attention. Movies and TV shows are not realistic by their very nature, at least not by our standards. Not by the standards that you've set, or not by the standards that I set. They are simply not realistic by their very nature. Why you have to focus on whether or not something is realistic in a movie or TV show is beyond me. Now, I do have a theory, though. It's maybe that you... the believe that the science of a movie is inaccurate or you disagree with the stylized visuals which make it hard for you to relate to the narrative or it's just you're one of those persons who find it hard to suspend your disbelief enough to get lost in the movie. I'll give you a few examples of this. Ask yourself if any of these movies are realistic. The Lord of the Rings, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars, La La Land, Harry Potter. Ask yourself were any of these worlds realistic. And you might excuse it by saying something like, they were in a sense, so it doesn't matter. No. 
you pointed out that something in my work isn't realistic. And that's why we're here talking about it. So, now, for me, the realism aspect doesn't cut it. Here's why. You see, after an entire day of me dealing with realism, I like to unwind. I like to escape from the real world. And how do I do that? Movies or TV shows. That's one of the outlet. It's an outlet nonetheless because I'm no psychologist, I'm no therapist, but it stands to reason that people do want to escape the real world after having to have been dealt with the real world for an entire day. So the brain needs a break. Get that into that thick head of yours. And that's another thing. The story that I tell It's my story. Or if I'm being hired by a producer to tell the story, it's our story because we were telling it together. So keep that in mind. Next, keep that in mind for the next time one of you says, that you've made a recommendation that I didn't implement it. It's not that I ignored you. It's not that I implemented it. It's that I chose not to implement it because it doesn't fit well in the story. Nothing personal about you. And I thought, as a critic, you'd understand that. But apparently not. Now, going back to this whole whole realism in movies and TV show bit, I do have to say, what is it? about these movies that despite them not being realistic people still go watch it one of the reasons is to escape from the real world but it somehow connects with not just the plot not just the story not just the world that these movies or TV shows are created but it actually connects with the characters as well. Sure, there is a human aspect of all these characters that speaks to us. But in the end, movies and TV shows aren't realistic. Now, in the case of movies like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, it's how they connected us. How it connects. 
to the world, to the characters, and their humanity, despite them being the heroes of that world. So that's what I've been trying to contend with. I've been trying to contend with critics complaining that something in my story wasn't realistic or not realistic enough. Now, when does it make sense? Like I said, it does make sense within the reality of, of that world that the movie or TV show has created or the screenwriter or the showrunner has created for us. Now, it's real for that world. It's real for the characters in the world. It may not be real for us. It may not be what we're expecting. But it's real for them. It makes sense for them. And it actually makes sense if it's real for that world. Agree or disagree with me, this one. Don't care. So, what I'm also going to tell you is, rather, I'm going to just touch on this, just briefly, because we did mention that some people have a problem with the science of it being, science of the movie being inaccurate or not accurate. Let's take the movie Noah, for example. Now, this was based on the biblical story of the Noah's Ark. A lot of Christians, when the movie came out, were saying that it was not biblically correct. Well, yeah, it wasn't biblically correct for a reason. Here's why. It is a an adaptation. It's an adaptation, which means it's not supposed to be accurate, but as long as it stood true to the core story of the Noah's Ark. That's all that mattered. And for Christians to complain that it wasn't accurate is what I understand because there are huge proponents of Scripture and God and I thought they would have appreciated this. But apparently not. So that would be an example that I had to bring up about the accuracy. And that's something else that keeps getting brought up when my material gets critiqued. So let's take a break. And I'm going to move on to my film review for today. One of my favorite films, The Lord of the Rings Trilogy. And we'll conclude it with a favorite dialogue from the movie franchise 
itself. Let's get right into it. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters. And then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry. And you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquires today at screenwritingu.com. That's screenwritingu with a capital U.com. Welcome back. Now, before the break, I talked about the realism aspect of movies and TV shows. I've told you, even in the previous episode, that movies and TV shows aren't real. To begin with, so it's futile, or rather futile, for a critic to claim that something in a movie or TV show isn't realistic. And I also said I was going to review my favorite movie trilogy, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, which was on the list that I was talking about, about realism. So let's dive right into it. So, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Now, first, when the movie came out, like the first installment came out, I wasn't even really that interested. But what did get me interested in the movie franchise, or rather what got me vested in the movie franchise, was the world. Because I like fantasy all things supernatural, epic tales, and anything superhero stuff. So, it connected in terms of Frodo, who supposedly is the main character, and of course Gandalf, his mentor. And of course, the odd went out. Aragorn. They all had human elements to it. Every single one of these characters did have a human element to it, even though some of these characters were supernatural beings. Like the sorcerers, Gidril, or Gendril, and of course Gandalf, and Saruman. One thing I did like, though, is when Frodo meets Gollum and he sees himself in Gollum and he sees what he could become if the Ring of Power corrected him. And this was through his entire journey for destroying the ring. And I call Gandalf the mentor is because Gandalf, for starters, he he is a mentor to a lot of these characters. 
he does have a lot of philosophical stuff that resonates in people. And he is, he is wise, even though the character himself is 7,000 years old. He has racked up some life lessons, and he is wise. Which is why the fact that he's called Gandalf the Grey is undeserved. I have to be honest. Now, going back to Frodo and Gollum and Frodo's companion, Samwise Gamgee, who didn't apparently get along with Gollum or... Later we find out his name was Schmiegel. Smeagol. I just had to do the Gollum voice. Schmiegel. <laughs> yeah, just let me know what you thought of that. Sorry about that. But, yeah. Samwise Gamgee hated Gollum. Yeah, I wouldn't say hated. I'd say had a distrust for Gollum or Smeagol. And he never really gave up. Even though Smeagol, in the end, betrayed Frodo and wanted the ring for himself. That was actually his goal. But the ultimate goal for the movie was to destroy the ring. And I liked how the team worked together to help Frodo seamlessly go to Mordor and destroy the ring. And yeah, I would have to say for two decades, this has been my favorite movie and you have no idea how many times I've watched it at a louder volume, louder than normal, because I wanted to get the effect out of the home theater. The same theater experience. And moving on to the final segment of our episode, of this episode is the favorite dialogue from the Lord of the Rings movie. This was actually when Frodo was doubting himself for the mission. And they were in the cave, and Frodo was saying how he'd wished the ring had never come to him, and he wished none of this would happen. Trust me, there are a lot of heroes in movies, we've seen this happen to a lot of heroes in the movies who actually doubt themselves at some stage. And it's not any different to Frodo. But Gandalf has this advice to offer, and it does resonate, I must say. And that advice is... All we must do is decide 
what to do with the time that is given to us, which is true. Anytime we are tasked with a project or a venture, something, between the time we started it and the deadline when it ends, like the time allotted to us to complete said task or venture, all we need to decide is how to manage it and how to, what to do within the given time to achieve our goal. And that's what Gandalf means. All we must do is decide what to do with the time that is given to us. So, with that being said, I'm going to conclude this episode of Saturdays with the Story Dude. Thank you for listening. And until I hear from you again, don't forget to turn that page.